Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Movies with G-Rose. It's been a little while since I've sat down and done an official podcast episode, whatever that means. Um, but I wanted to talk about criticism. Um, I've made several podcasts over the years, and to this day, the favorite one I've ever done, uh, my favorite, is an episode called Criticism. And it's basically just me sitting and talking to the camera for like an hour, maybe less, about how we criticize things and the nature of criticism. And the, I think the reason I like it so much is because it's probably one of the things I actually enjoy the most about movies, which is not to say that I don't enjoy the artistic value of movies. Of course I do. That's kind of what I'm trying to say is that I appreciate the artistic side of movies and stories by looking at them through the lens of different people, as well as just enjoying the movie, obviously. M my own criticism is a huge part of criticism. Um, you know, the negative viewpoint of criticism is that it's rooted in narcissism, right? Most people uh, don't like critics and they're kind of seen as like a joke. You know, why are you criticizing something, but you're not making anything yourself? Um, and while I do think that is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a straw man, not a straw man, but a logical fallacy. Uh, there is some truth to it in the sense of, you know, I think if you don't try to appreciate different types of critics, then you become narcissistic and you it, view your own critiques of things as the objective standard. And that's when you're going to turn people away. When you pretend or believe that your viewpoints and your criticism is the only way of um, viewing a piece of art, including a movie. Now, where it becomes even trickier is a lot of people believe that the best types of criticism comes from critiques that are the most impassioned. And some would argue that you have to believe that you are the correct viewpoint in order to be passionate about that viewpoint. I discussed that Criticism is kind of broken into two categories, two vague categories. One category is um, how much do I enjoy watching this film? For many people, this is the only category they even care about. The other category is why do I believe that way? Why is that what I enjoy? I guess is the better question. Why is that what I enjoy? And that why section does differ for people. And a lot of people, you know, I, I've most of these podcasts, this one and the previous episode, is spawned by some sort of debate uh, or conversation that I've had with, uh, you know, people in my life in group texts, you know, going off on, you know, for hours talking about not only why do I think that this thing is good, um, you know, but but then arguing like, is that the correct way to rate something? Right. It's Star Wars. Is a great example or a little uh, example to use to demonstrate this. 
Star Wars is a movie that was better in some ways because of when it came out and what it was able to achieve in the context of when it came out, right? Star Wars is impressive because a lot of it holds up and that parts that don't hold up have, you know, nostalgic elements, but overall the design of the sets was like unheard of for that time with little CGI on sets, you know, not a ton of, I mean, the, the only thing they really could have done on like a real life set was a green screen when, you know, these days, when you talk about Marvel, they have literal rooms that are, you know, built of walls that are a special new type of green screen. It's not the way it was back in the seventies or eighties when star Wars came out. And on top of that, you know, sci-fi wasn't a big deal back then. There are a lot of tiny elements that make when it came out important to the movie. And so if you're trying to view the movie strictly from a 2021 perspective, you lose some of the respect of why the movie was important, why people like it. Right. And there's a big divide here in in criticism for many people. You know, some people believe that if I've never seen a movie before and I sit down in 2021 and I watch that movie and I'm judging it by today's standards and just by how I how much I like the movie, I'm going to rate it differently than if I know all the context of the movie. I know that it was, you know, I don't know. Some people think that if you try to change the way that you enjoy a movie purely because you like learned about how important it was, quote unquote, then you're not truly judging the movie. That's being pretentious because you're like propping up a piece of art simply because other people are propping up that piece of art. I can see that being true for some cases, but I also think that there's a less pessimistic way of viewing that, which is, Sometimes when you watch a ton of movies and you really care about what they're trying to say, I think you simply um, you almost ingest the media differently from the beginning. Right. I, I think that. The pretentious side of enjoying art, enjoying movies, enjoying criticism is also the side that is more critical of those things. That is not just viewing the movie from a consumer's perspective of I'm going to sit down. I'm going to turn my brain off for the most part. I'm going to enjoy this movie, see where it takes me, see how it makes me feel, turn it off and not really think about it much after that. That's perfectly fine. But that's not what we're talking about here. And if you're sitting here watching a film podcast, you are probably in the other boat, which is trying to, I mean, look at and watch hundreds of movies. And at a certain point, you want to get something different out of your experience. And a big part of that is criticism and learning why, you know, after you finish watching a movie, why did you enjoy that movie or why didn't you enjoy the movie? Actually critically thinking about, was it the acting? Was it like the actual words that they were saying? Was it like too many boring montages? Like What was it about the movie specifically that you didn't like? And when you go down this rabbit hole, you 
two things happen. One, you get a feel of what you really don't like. And those things will stick out like a sore thumb in future movies. Whereas before it might've been sort of like an ignorance is bliss. You rate the movie a little higher because you forget those things. The other thing that happens is you really, really learn what you love and it's easier for you to find a movie that you're going to really enjoy because you already know what you really like and you start learning directors and you start learning, oh, you know, I don't need to know everything about, you know, uh, shot composition and the making of art specifically on a technical level. I don't have to know those things to know that, oh, David Fincher makes a bunch of movies that I really like. And I, and when you, when I look at his catalog of the movies he's made, I'd say like 90% of them are like an eight out of 10 or higher. And so just me knowing that fact makes it easier for me to find another movie I'm probably going to like. And I have to, of course, avoid um, you know, echo chamber behavior. You know, I, I don't want to be one of those people where if David Fincher puts out a new movie, I automatically like it. You know, speaking of which, um, I believe he put out Mank, which came out like last year or the year before. And it's like one of the only movies of his I haven't seen. And I, I put it on and I tried watching it and I couldn't get into it. So that's a perfect example of like, you have to try to not just blindly love something. Um, some people are accused of doing that. Some people do do that. But to build on my last conversation, my last episode of Movies with G. Rose, um, I had a recent talk with my friend Ronnie, and he, we were talking about uh, the new Wes Anderson movie, French Dispatch, and he said some things that really stuck with me, and I wanted it kind of spawned this this episode. I think that there's a good way of looking at this other form of criticism, this why do you like the things you like? And it's almost like an equation. Um, let, and let me explain. I think that when we watch a movie, all of us, we automatically take the average in our head of how good the movie was. I think we all do this. Um, some, so some form of average, like if parts of a movie are bad, but the rest of the movie is good, you're going to say the movie was pretty good, right? There are parts of it you really didn't like, but overall it was fine. You know, six, six, maybe seven out of 10. That's a perfectly reasonable response to a lot of movies. And similarly, if there's a really bad movie with a couple of good moments you're not going to say it's like a good movie. You're going to hesitate to say that to people because you know it's not a good movie. But there are some parts that are good. And so you it brings the movie up a little bit from a zero out of 10, right? The way that we build these sort of criticism equations um, is a little bit easier to show you. So let me go ahead and switch over to um, a little drawing diagram thing that I made. Okay. So. When you first start watching movies, and for most people that watch movies, this is how they judge the movies. There's the good parts and the bad parts, and you mix them together, and you get the movie score, okay? But then um, my buddy Ronnie, he was saying, well, one thing that I really care about when I watch a movie these days is I care about a movie that really, uh, uh, really sticks with me. 
because of certain moments in the movie. He said there are certain moments that I, I'm left thinking about days after I watch a movie. And those movies are the ones that I care about most now. And I he liked The French Dispatch more because it had those elements, those moments that were super memorable and impactful for him. And when he said that to me, I was like, oh, yeah, like I totally agree. And I feel like I've felt that way before where it's like if if – I'm finding myself coming back to a movie days after I watched it and thinking about it. That usually means it was a pretty good movie. It's pretty thought provoking in some way. And I would call that a 10 out of 10 moment. So you have your good parts and your bad parts, but then you also have your 10 out of 10 moments. And you mix all of these elements together and then you get movie score. So that was kind of his, his pot to pull from. And this is kind of what I was touching on in my last episode, where the more you watch movies, the more things you're adding to this pot, right? Uh, you might add acting or directing or cinematography or nostalgia even which you know some critics think you should probably leave that one out because it's not quote-unquote objective whatever that means um relatable that's a huge one uh funny scary uh or just plain unique these are all elements that the more you watch movies the more you're going to appreciate these different things you're going to add different elements to your repertoire you know, different reasons that you might like or dislike a movie. And you average all of these together, you mix them in a big pot, and you've you've created your individual movie score. It's not an objective thing that you can just say, okay, well, these elements of the pot should be objective and these elements shouldn't be objective. Um, there's, oh, there's also like context, I guess you could say. Uh, which is, you know, what did this movie do for people and the industry at the moment it was released? And should those things be included in the movie score? Um, some people would say no, because that's not your true enjoyment of the movie. You're giving it, you're propping it up. Um, regardless, critiquing is not just about which elements you choose. Um, it's, or let me rephrase that. Criticism is not just how you enjoyed the art for all people. It's a more nuanced conversation about what you chose to judge. Now, the part I want to add for this video is I think when I was talking to Ronnie, I realized that there's another step to criticism that will really blow your noggin, which is that you don't have to give all of these things the same percentage, right? If we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, we have twelve elements here. It doesn't have to be a hundred percent divided by twelve and equally give each of these things the same amount of weight. And that's really tricky. And that's the part that I have found. You know, once you discover what all of these things are in a movie and what you like and what you don't like, once you're already cognizant of your categories and what you like within those categories, you realize something really crazy, which is the older you get, or just as time passes, how much weight you put into each of these things drastically changes. And it's it's honestly been hard for me to to keep up with that because 
it's hard to it's hard to know when your taste has changed and why it has changed. Uh, it, it's hard to, you know, lately I've been watching movies and I've been judging a lot of them, a lot of the mainstream movies at like a six or a five out of 10. Like I've been rating movies lower. I have found them to be so cookie cutter, you know, average, you know, like the Red Red Notice that came out on Netflix with The Rock and Ryan Gosling and Gal Gadot. Obviously a cash grab. Um, obviously just a silly Thanksgiving movie that they put out. But I feel like if I watched this movie three, four years ago, I would have given it like a six or a seven out of ten because I would have appreciated that it's at least polished for what it is. And today when I watch it, I can't give it higher than a six. I, I think I gave it a five. Maybe it deserve, deserves a soft six, but I, I think what I'm driving at here is this element right here, unique. I think unique has really stuck out to me in the past few years where if a movie is really, really overdone or, you know, I've seen it before, it's immediately going to make the movie worse than maybe it even deserves to me personally. And I think for a lot of people that happens, I think for a lot of people also, um, nostalgia ends up playing a, a role or, um, these 10 out of 10 moments. And I, this is true for a lot of audiences, even those that aren't hardcore critiques. I mean, in the simplest form of things, think about like a Marvel fan going to see, you know, the new Avengers and Spidey man had a really good scene that that they thought was 10 out of 10 and to most people the movie was just whatever it was fine but to that person who thought that spidey moment was 10 out of 10 they thought the movie was like incredible right um and so i, I think that example illustrates the negative side of this 10 out of 10 thing which is that um you might overlook bad parts of a movie too much, right? I think to most people, you know, good parts and bad parts still has to be sort of balanced in some way. You can't, I mean, I, you can, but you know, some people end up cranking bad parts down to like really low 10, 20% of your equation is the bad parts. And maybe that's a more forgiving, enjoyable way to, to enjoy movies, right? Like, you know, maybe if you don't spend so much time focusing on what you didn't like, maybe you'd have a better time watching movies. Who am I to say? Um, but criticism has an equation and figuring out what other people's equations are, are going to lead you to have more effective conversations with them. You'll not only learn to appreciate different aspects of a movie, you'll grow a better understanding of how you feel about movies and why you feel that way about movies. Um, and when you're talking with your friends, you can sometimes get to know them a little bit better because you're going to be able to, you know, figure out why they like a certain thing more than another thing. You know, this relatable category is a, is a real kicker. I mean, this is one of the best categories to dive into with your friends. And I think that part of the reason I enjoy movies and art so much and maybe why we all enjoy movies and art so much is because you can grow an identity in what you enjoy and what you don't and by growing that identity and by identifying with certain pieces of art certain films you 
are kind of telling people how you feel and how you perceive life, right? I I know it sounds artsy-fartsy, but it's true. I I think that um, if you really identify with a certain director or a certain character, a certain hero, um, you know, you, you kind of you kind of feel like that hero is the best elements of you. And when you see a movie grapple with negative things that you've grappled with, it validates your experience. It, it tells the world and it tells you most importantly that you're not alone. Other people have felt this way about life, about relationships, about tragedy, about good times and friendship it helps you understand not only that other people feel the same way as you, but maybe it helps you learn a little bit about yourself and why this is the path you've chosen or the path you were put on. And maybe that helps you fix some of those negative things or the things that you're grappling with in your life. Um, A movie doesn't have to tell you exactly how to deal with a scenario, but when you watch a movie that deals with a scenario, you have a judgment on that situation. You have a judgment of why the characters did what they did and that judgment alone and simply experiencing that judgment might tell you what you actually want to do in a similar situation that you're dealing with. Um, And I think that's beautiful. That's all I have for today's episode of Movies with Giros. I know it was a shorter episode, but I think this is an important conversation to have. I think um, it's important to not judge the way that people uh, like movies. And if you do choose to judge the way that people critique movies, then you should be uh, knowledgeable about how you truly feel about them and why you feel the way that you feel. Um, I guess what I'm saying is don't blindly judge something. Don't blindly judge a movie. Don't blindly judge someone else's judgment of a movie. Uh, If you like this episode, feel free to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, uh, whether it's YouTube or Spotify. Uh, Leave a like, click the subscribe button. It helps these videos reach a larger larger audience. And I'll see you next time on Movies with G. Rose. Bye-bye.